0: You know, is building a brain-computer interface uh, that's going to pioneer and change the way humans interact with machines. Uh, its first use case is like the world's most advanced lie detector test, because it, you know he's built software that uh, you know, that looks at you know that can look at your eye through off-the-shelf hardware and can instantaneously tell what's happening in your brain can measure the chemical reactions that are happening, can measure, um, you know, your cognitive load, can measure various things.
1: Your legacy is your brand, what you're building. We want to inspire a generation of entrepreneurs to fearlessly create things that matter with a community that supports, motivates, and guides them towards victory as they take on the giants standing in their way. This is the Battle Ready Brands Podcast. The economy is constantly changing. Today's brands need a battle strategy that is tested and proven to help them win. Suit up, it's time to get battle ready. And here are your hosts, Matt Kretzman and Brad Parnell. All right, hey, thanks everybody for joining us on this next episode of Battle Ready Brands Podcast. We are here with Brian Chambers of Capital Factory. Uh, over here in Dallas, Brian. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast.
0: Yeah, it's great to be here,
1: guys. Awesome, good stuff. Well, let's uh, let's let's kick it off, um, Brian. Talk to us about real quick, like how did you get started in entrepreneurship, and and just give us kind of an overview of of what you're doing today, what you're excited about.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, um, you know, I guess by by way of introduction, uh, you know, I'm am I'm a father, I'm a new father. I've got um, two little kiddos, three, oh, and half, three and a half and and one. Uh, uh, girl, three and a half. Um, and boys, one. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm a venture advisor. I've really kind of um, held that role uh, for for a long time, helping um, advising companies. Uh, I'm, I'm an investor and I'm really I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I, uh, I teach at the University of Texas at Dallas uh, at the Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship um, in that department. That's awesome. Good, good.
1: And what what are you most excited about right now? What's what's kind of the biggest thing that you're working on? If you can kind of tell us maybe some secrets of uh, what's going on in, in the tech world.
0: Yeah. So um, what I'm most excited about is generally the inertia of Texas and the opportunity that we have uh, to grow and connect um, the the Texas startup community. Texas uh, Texas is a big opportunity. I think it's the most promising opportunity. And um, yeah, what I'm most excited about is the problem I wake up every day and I work on solving, which is, you know, how do we bring more capital to this region? How do we uh, build better companies in Texas? How do we scale bigger, faster technology companies? Uh, capital is not always the answer, but uh, generally it's, it's a lot of times it's the answer uh, relative to um, other, uh, other states um, in the United States and especially relative to how, how well cap- uh, how well Texas performs um, across the board, we we receive uh, considerably less uh, venture capital than than other states, uh, California, New York, uh, and Massachusetts specifically. Yeah, and uh, and so I'm excited about changing that. That's what that's why I I get up and, and get out of bed. And and what I measure. I like that. You know, I'm, I'm not a native
1: Texan. I'm actually from Canada um, and I hope not too many people turned off the podcast because I said that. But <laughs> That's but, not a city in Texas. I'm sorry, man. No. Actually, I have driven by Canada, Texas before. So I, the, Oh, it, it is yeah, a city in Texas. We, we have a oh, presence okay. here. We're slowly taking over <laughs> from the inside out. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it is interesting you say that how, you know, Texas is known as just being you know, everything's bigger in Texas. And, you know, Texas has like the 10th largest... Um, you know, economy in the world, even just, just as a state alone. It's amazing what kind of firepower and investment capital there is here in Texas. Like, what has taken so long? Um, you're passionate about this. Like, why, why are we just now getting on the map?
0: Yeah, you know, the maturity of ecosystems, um, the the age of uh, anchor research institutions, um, you know, te- Texas, th- these are all things that matter in a, in a community. Um, I think, various times Texas had this you know through the with the, with the boom uh, and the growth around uh, semiconductor and, and TI uh, the telecom corridor uh, right I mean what what that did to uh, to help position uh, Texas and 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 create innovation in our um, in our state is tremendous um, those uh, those trends and those innovations have their cycles and they come and, and they go Um, I think what's really unique about other parts of the country, specifically you know, the ones I mentioned before, um, are, uh, are much later and much more have much much more established uh, VC ecosystems. Um, they're on their 10th generation of funds. the business of venture capital is really all about layering funds fund one, fund two, fund three, fund four, fund 10. And um, you know our are, are venture ecosystems, uh, especially after the, you know, the, the big bust. Uh, the dot-com bust, um, you know, our, our telecom corridor, um, you know, a lot of it dissolved. A lot of VCs went away um, in in Dallas in particular. Um, Austin was – they never were real, really overly existent in Austin, but they began to emerge. And so VCs actually uh, – for the ones that are around, it's actually pretty young. Um, we're very early in, in telling the story of, um, of venture capital in Texas, and as a result – um, we just don't have the maturity and the same growth size, size mega funds that exist, uh, on the various coasts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's But, good. but the good news is it's a good place to be a startup yeah. in Texas. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> it's the best place to be. Yeah. Awesome. It's a great time to be in Texas. Um, it's a, it's a great time to be in, in the United States in general, Yes. Uh, it's a great time to be a startup, and of all of that, it's the best time to be in Texas. You know, Texas is one of the best places to be in the United States.
2: So it's great. It's new Silicon Valley. Oh, That's right yeah. here. We're coming for you. <laughs> you, know,
0: you know, look, look uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I have my own opinions about that analogy. I, I think that, um, you know, Silicon Valley is awesome. It, it is iconic in, in for all the reasons that we know. Um, no city, no city in the country is going to be is going to be the next silicon valley but texas when it works together can take on and beat any country in the whole entire world you said it earlier we're the 10th largest economy if we were a country by measurement of gdp exactly yeah our insane. cities realistically don't even work together we're not operationally working together at the way that we can and again that's 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 why i wake up is to is to um, is to drive that collaboration between the cities, and when our cities are are working together, we're it, it's not about competing with Silicon Valley. It's about what what country can we go take on, uh, mm. and that's just mm. I think it's just a, a different way.
2: That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Well, so I, I know I know Brian. In the past, too, you've talked a little bit about you know teams and building teams and recruiting the right people, and you know putting on events to to get those right people. So I'd love to hear you know, what, what's made you so successful at recruiting and what are some takeaways that our listeners can apply if they have, you know, someone specific they're trying to go after or how they're trying to create those great teams. What, what have you learned in that process?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I, look, I I found this to be a skill set of, um, this is just a skill set of mine over the years. and, And as I've, um, as I participated in, in various organizations, just o- over my whole life, whether, you know, starting as early as I can remember, it's like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I want to be on that soccer team or I want to be on that baseball team or I'm going to go like I was always, I rallying people, um, rallying people around me, helping people figure out that we could win together. And, um, and I've been pretty successful at it. I was, you know, rush chair in my fraternity. And again, these are, you know, th- these are skills you go on. To you know, recruit top talent and uh, and and you know great uh, peers, uh, you know to to go to work with and go accomplish missions with and and all those things and those same skill sets apply. You know the recruiting and events are are heavily correlated. You really got to be able to use events to draw on people. When people come, you got to you know you got to be able to sell your mission and vision. And um, and I think it's just being in tune with what do you want and what are you looking for. Um, can you successfully convince somebody to come take a crazy leap of faith or come take a, a jump uh, and to buy into your vision? And I think that's just something I've always had a knack to do. Um, I, uh, somebody asked me um, the other day uh, an interesting question, and I, I had this. we have never been asked it before. It was like, what, what's, your, what's your rally cry? Like, um, and I, I said, well, I don't know. I guess I would be like, who's coming with me, right? I mean, that's what I turn off sign of that and I myself that's like all right like who's coming with me and I find myself in a situation where I, I you know I put myself out there I ask for people to join me on a journey um I take part in in collaborating on a mission and vision but find myself oftentimes um you know helping to drive that vision and um and it's you know it's fun it, it's fun it's more fun to do it with people than it is to do it by yourself and um I uh you know, I found myself to be, you know, be, be pretty good at it and find a little bit of success along the way. And I think that helps. But um yeah, so I mean those you know, those are the two things I I, I think I've i got skill sets around and um and I, I noticed these as as trends going back to any time I've been successful, it's because you know what, i I got access to that because I decided to step up, be on the surf committee or be on the, the steering committee of that event. And I like that was my hack to go get all those relationships. You know, to go build personal relationships or without those, I wouldn't have accomplished X. And then, um, and once I had access to them, I had the ability to convince them, like, come take this journey with me. And I think, I think mostly it's being in tune with your personal values and, uh, being able to authentically tell somebody, uh, this is what I'm passionate about. And if you don't share that same passion, then don't come, you know, and you go and you go talk to the next person. And when somebody aligns with you on that value, you go together.
2: Hey, my friends. So if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, one of the hardest things to do is to generate leads. I mean, there's going to networking events, there's you know running your own Facebook ads, there's doing all of this work, to try to get people. And here's the secret truth, is only 3% of all people are ready to buy today. And that's usually what we only focus on. So we've created a free resource called the Sales Volcano of everything that's beneath the 3% and actually how to talk to those people, how to warm them up, And we've created a free PDF for you to download so you can start using that today to help blow up your leads and sales. So go to 90dayvolcano.com or just click this link below and we're going to give that to you for absolutely free. So 90 Day Volcano, enjoy it. Peace.
1: Dude, I'm getting goosebumps. There's so much that you said right there that just really excites me um, for a number of reasons. Our listeners, um, entrepreneurs—you know, you're starting a business. Maybe you're in the trenches. This is an essential skill that you have to have. You have to have the ability to to be polarizing, to influence, to be a leader. I mean, you're going out there, you're creating something from nothing. Maybe taking you know some other opportunities and bringing resources together as an entrepreneur, business owner, startup man. You've got to be able to not only internally, but externally, you're going to be doing it with your customers and convincing them to take the journey with you. Yep. But also internally, as you grow your team, I mean, Brad, you know, this, you've got to be able to, 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 to attract and, and convince. And like you said, if, if somebody says, no, I'm not interested, then it's know, okay. It's okay. And being able to take that no in your stride and keep moving forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's about building that tribe. And I think you, you nailed it too. It's a, you know, persuasive, Leadership of hey, if you agree in this mission, this is where we're going, and it's okay if you're not a fit. If you're part of the tribe, let's go. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's
3: that's
2: yeah. gold right there. And and you talked about you know we 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 say collaboration, right? And
1: um, I was talking to Brad before we started recording this this episode, just how in 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 my education and research into the startup world right now, like our economy shifting, right? Uh, it used to be as we would say about already brands like a David and Goliath type scenario where you've got little startup, you know, David has got a slingshot and hopefully he can take down the giant if you know the story and uh, you know, the big corporations are Goliath, but uh, Brian curious if you can kind of give us, give us some inside insider information on what's happening right now. We're actually seeing kind of like Goliath come alongside David and say, Hey, let's not fight. Let's work together. (laughs) So you've seen Walmart's partner with startups. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah. Well, look, I think, um, I think it's an area I'm I, I continue to learn. I'm seeing a trend I of course we're seeing a trend uh corporate venture capitals at an all-time high uh in the, for the last several decades. But look, at the end of the day, um every big organization uh you know unless you are you just have built such a unique innovation culture like an Apple or like a Google or you know maybe like an Amazon there it is very 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 few that that successfully do this then your innovation strategy pretty much is startups. Start, if, and if you ask the question, if you, if you ask the question, sh- you know, should startups even exist? The answer is no. Startups should not even exist. You go to companies that uh, large companies, they've got all the resources, they've got all the customers, they've got all the money, and they've got all the talent. So why do startups exist? And the reality is big organizations develop, um, you know, bureaucracy and politics. And, uh, and it's speed and agility that the startups have that is really their advantage. Um, they have nothing to lose. They have relatively little to lose uh, compared to um, large organizations. And they can make a thousand decisions and try and fail and try and fail relative to larger organizations. That is why they win. I think the analogy ends up, um, ends up really is, is, you know, is the, the classic, you're, you're a motorboat, a speedboat driving around the Titanic, it takes a long time for that Titanic to turn and to be agile, and um, and, and that is why startups win. Uh, the pace of innovation cycles is so great now, and the ability to get you know reach critical mass or gain adoption or go viral or uh, you know whatever the appropriate analogy may be is faster than it ever has been. And large organizations, you have to realize that. Uh it's not just about what does my next twenty years look like? What what's the next two years, three years look like now? And and the the the, the, the foresight of vision, while you still need to be thinking a hundred years out, you actually you have to think about it in much shorter cycles. Uh technology trends are being compressed, commercialization trends are being compressed, and the ability for nothing to come into existence and go change an industry can be virtually one year now. And it can displace and disrupt the largest organizations. And and I think that is something that um, that people now recognize, and uh, and and you're, it's negligent not to not to not to take action against that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I
1: know you're at the forefront of this with your involvement at the Capital Factory. Can you talk to us about real quick, high level? What is the Capital Factory? What's the mission? What are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, you know, look, our our, our mission is is to help help startups help entrepreneurs succeed. Uh, there's a lot of ways that we do that. Um, we connect them with investors. We connect them with, um, you know, we connect them with their first customers. We connect them with mentors for, um, you know, for advice and for help. Um, but uh, in doing that, um, there's there's a lot of um, there's a, a, a huge overarching strategy. Um, it means that we've got to be able to help large corporations as well, which means we've got to power strategies and innovation tactics for them. Uh, in an effort to connect them with the right startups. Um, so, uh, you know, our, our, our strategy largely is, um, is leveraging the core competency in this unfair competitive advantage that exists in Texas, which we're, we're incredibly unique. Um, we are, there's, uh, there's, there's no geographic region, uh, in, in the country like that Texas offers specifically the triangle, um, between, uh, you know, four of the 11 largest cities, um, you know, Austin, Houston, San Antonio and Dallas. Um, yet we're all incredibly different, incredibly diverse, and we, we haven't even got our engines working together. And if we can just figure out how to work together, um, we're going to we're going to unlock billions of dollars of new value and new capital and, and really be able to unleash the next generation of Great entrepreneurs, and they're going to be right here in Texas.
2: Hey guys, so if you're wanting to grow your business online, you need an online sales funnel that converts visitors into leads and then into customers without having to be an expert digital marketer or techno geek.
1: You know, ClickFunnels has helped us grow our business and our clients' businesses too. And that's how 95,000 other entrepreneurs are building their business online. To date, over $4 billion
2: has been processed through ClickFunnels. And you need, to get, you need to get a piece of that action. Yeah, that's right. So we're giving away a 14-day free trial so you can actually start building funnels for your brand. All you have to do is go to click.battlereadybrands.com. That's click.battlereadybrands.com.
0: You know, that's what we're working on doing. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts to that. And uh, um, I think maybe from a, a thesis, getting cities and um, and partners to collaborate it is not overly unique but it's operationally incredibly difficult you've got to have infrastructure in every city you've got to have investor networks in every city you've got to have you got to put mentors and startups and investors on buses and planes and move them between dallas houston austin san antonio um that's hard it's hard to organize that but you know we've been able to do that. We've, yeah, we've been able to do it and,
2: and, and we see it making a big difference. That's cool. How neat. <laughs> so, you mentioned, Brian, in a, in a recent LinkedIn post a couple of weeks ago, that 10 times per year, you say top startups from all over Texas um, go to the, the growth and funding accelerator. Um, fearless entrepreneurs tackle our most pressing problems. And he said something totally crazy and unexpected always happens on this day. So that naturally um, piqued our curiosity. So, did anything crazy and unexpected happen on on that day, or or if not, maybe you could share a story of something yes, crazy that happened in the past? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, you know, I think uh, I, first of all, I, I never always know about them when they happen, um, and, and sometimes it takes me a while to figure out that that actually happened because of. You know, because of that assessment day. Assessment day for us is, um, you know, we bring some of our our top mentors. Uh, there's tons of VCs buzzing, you know, and investors buzzing around the office, um, and uh, we, you know, the, the companies companies kind of pitch. It's it, it's really interesting. Um, assessment day for us is like almost how other companies end. Um, you know most accelerator programs you know they're they're a highly structured boot camp there's a beginning there's an end and it ends with a demo day and ours begins with demo day and uh, you know our programs um, are you know our our services to, to startups last for the life of the startup until the day they they exit or the day they dissolve wow. and um, it's different companies regularly that are making millions and millions of dollars in revenue and have already raised Two, five, sometimes ten million dollars. Um, you know, are um, are engaging with us uh, in our program, and and they're exciting. They've already got, uh, they've already got a ton of traction. They're already making an impact, but they still need help. And they can come to Capital Factory to find, you know, to find uh, impact and to find, um, you know, awesome advice and awesome help, and uh, and access to things that that you know are tremendously difficult to do, especially when you're trying to run a business, you know, full time. And so, uh, you know, look, I've seen I've seen things happen where where collisions be made, where, um, you know, people stand up on you know on, kind of in front of the audience. It's a very small, intimate group, but they will stand up before the group and say, you know, we're really looking for X. It's why we're here. And then, boom, like somebody speaks it out and says, I'll solve that right now. Come with me. And um, I've seen people get funded on the spot. I've seen people, um, you know, meet their, co- you know, meet, meet an advisor that join their company. Um, you know, these are things that, um, you, you know, I, I think you, sometimes even in the moment, you don't, you don't, you don't realize the impact of them, but you over, over the story of that startup playing out, like you realize that was the moment, like that changed the course of this business. And it happened right here in this room on this day. And, um, and these things actually happen quite a bit. So, those are a couple examples. Yeah,
1: what what would be like a couple of success stories of say some startups that have gone through the program before and are are just rocking it?
0: Oh yeah, well I mean there's look there's um, there's tons of success stories. I think one we like to tout a lot, which is which is a cool, just such a cool story. Um, You know, we ran a um, we ran we do these things called a hundred K challenges, and uh, we'll put up a hundred K from our venture fund. And, uh, encourage, you know, people to apply and, you know, join our program and, um, you know, give them, give them, you know, enough money to really go make a difference, begin to make a difference. And, uh, there was a, a company, um, very young entrepreneur, David, who, um, uh, you know, in his teens ended up, uh, applying, um, uh, never ended up, uh, you know, graduating high school just because he got set. Up. His, uh, his, his ninth grade science fair project decided to, Focus on it full time. Um, You know, living in his parents' house, living in LA, and participated in our move to Austin 100K challenge, and uh, fully embraced the program. Our mentors, our advisors, directors, our leadership, and um, is building a you know is building a brain computer interface uh, that's going to pioneer and change the way humans interact with machines. Uh, Its first use case. Is like the world's most advanced lie detector test because it, you know, he's built software that, um, uh, that looks at, you know, that can look at your eye through off the shelf hardware and can instantaneously tell what's happening in your brain, can measure the chemical reactions that are happening, can measure, um, you know, your cognitive load, can measure various things. And there are formulas. If, if, if these, if this, if a scenario of these certain things happens, it means this, it means you are lying. A matter of fact, if, um, it means you are you are fit to operate a vehicle or you're not fit to operate a vehicle right i mean these are things that um uh you know or better yet um you know measuring your cognitive load have you actually learned the material you know the fact that our the history of of all education and learning has has been largely driven by standardized curriculums and 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 group learning but technology like this can can in, enable somebody to, uh, to customize curriculum. Like you, you, you're pulling from long-term memory advance. You no longer need to work on this. Others, somebody else is pulling from short-term memory. They still need to work on this material. And, uh, and, and that's applicable to any and all education, any training and any learning. And that's a big deal. Battle Ready Brands Tribe, we are privileged to have Darren and Kirsten here, co-founders of Cloverleaf. If you are building a team uh, or or have a team, this is an essential piece of software that you guys need to start implementing right away. And we're so privileged to have them here with us to explain why this is crucial to you building your Battle Ring brand.
3: We uh, started this company a couple of years ago because we had an awesome experience working on a team with a great culture, and with that, we were able to produce so much more than we ever thought we were capable of. And a lot of people have that experience, an amazing team, one time only if you're lucky. And so with Cloverleaf, we've put a lot of psychology data and calculus together to Be able to expose what is it that makes a team great, and so we help you recreate that magical team experience that everybody longs to have. Come on to our product and get started. Whether you're a team of one, it's just you, or you're a team of multiple hundreds, um, we've got really easy ways for you to get started. Just come to cloverleaf.me and get started, and special for our Battle Ready Brands listeners, we have a code to get 30% off you just type in battle ready 30 when you check out
1: um we're, we're we're gonna have to bring you back for episode number two because there's there's so much that uh, we're not going to be able to dive in here because of time but can you tell us really quick? We've we've heard success stories, and we while well, we love success stories and they can be encouraging, we also equally love, if not possibly a little bit more, horror stories. <laughs> uh, so our season one is is called Startup Horror Stories. So if you dare, uh, Ryan, can you share a horror story with us? Maybe one that you personally experienced in your entrepreneur journey, or you know through your experience in, in startups. Um, what what what? When's a time when maybe
0: you fell flat on your face, or you were scared to death? because of a leap that you were about to take? Sure. Um, gosh, there's, you know, that's, that's often that it's, it almost feels like normal now. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you, uh, my, the, my first, my first attempt at at building a tech enabled startup um, was, um, you know, it's probably in two 2000- thousand. 2008, 2009, um, in, in, in another life when I was very young, I, uh, I happened to get really good at a sport called wakeboarding. And uh, I capitalized on a trend. I was, I was great at wakeboarding in the mid to late 90s. There was a whole trend. Everybody was migrating from water skiing to wakeboarding. So it was a trend. And I was great at this. So I had a skill and it was in demand. And I built a business around it when I was 15 years old. Nice. And, um, and, and and ended up running that for a number of years. And I learned a ton. Uh, it wasn't a technology business, but many of the fundamental and universal principles about entrepreneurship applied. Um, and, uh, and I didn't realize that all that was happening to me and, and, and how influential it would be to, to shape my career path and my confidence and ability to, to know that I could always resort to some skill if I had, if I had to or wanted to. What was interesting about this was um, when I graduated college, I took a jump and I tried to build a business called Marine Star, um, basically on star for boats. But we were, in, you know, you think that would make sense that it works in cars. Um, you know, boating is even more of a luxury lifestyle. And we wrapped a, even a you know, high touch concierge service around this. And we were building um, you know, a kind of a, a web application that could communicate. Um, we never actually got this up and running, but we were we had the partners in place, and we were working on it as part of our vision to uh, build diagnostic shortcodes into um, into a smartphone, uh, into a you know like a like a native iOS application at the time, which was super early. Yeah and, uh, and it would push a short code to you that says, Hey, I'm running my your, my boats I'm running low on on oil, like take me in it to have my oil changed. And um in the meantime, we we wrapped this concierge style service around it called called all this Marine Star. And uh there was no market for it. Um we didn't we, we fell flat on our face. Um, you know, one we were we were, mainly we were I think probably we're just heavily under-resourced, under-capitalized, um, didn't really ne- know how to navigate the market, listen to customers, or, or find customers. Yet, I felt like I had all the, you know, all the access and the knowledge and, and so forth. So that was a, that was a big lesson. Um, I probably I learned more from it and grew from it, um, you know, than ever expected. But you know, that was that's a cold, harsh reality when you you know you invest, you know, years of mm-hmm. process and and time and uh, yeah. personal resources. And you know, and that goes away like, That's not I, how you want to start your career out of college.
1: Oh man, it's such a, we got you off to a good start, but you know what? I think we've all had moments like that. Oh yeah.
2: Where, you know, you fall flat on your face and dare to say it was a knockout. Yep. Speaking of, we've got two minutes, so we're going to go to our quick knockout round. So here we go. So we're going to see how many questions we can get in for, uh, two minutes for Brian. Um, So this is kind of a rapid-fire round of questions where we're going to give you two brands and you tell us which which one you like better. So let's do –
1: Round one. I mean you can't be a Texan and not like Mexican food, right? There you go. So
2: we got Chewy's or Glorious.
0: Joe G. Garcia's.
2: Oh. oh, the black horse! There you go. All right,
0: came out of nowhere. With and then Papa And then papacitos. Then papacitos. Papa oh, okay, all okay, all okay. All okay.
2: All <laughs> right. So, so round two. Let's do uh Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. Mm, whole Foods. There you go. Whole the Foods. George. Okay. Since you're a media guy, Windows or Apple? Apple. Oh, big user experience for man. There you go. There you go. So uh, we're gonna assume that you like a good burger. So what a burger or In-N-Out? gonna have to be water burger there you go all right <laughs> like a Texan would. like a Texan so uh, for chick-fil-a you know they've got all different kinds of sauces so chick-fil-a sauce or Polynesian sauce Chick-fil-a Chick-fil-a sauce say <laughs> so, so we go okay this is a good one so round six so for tacos do we have torchies or taco cabana? Oh not there's no question here this is this this goes to torchies but I will say
0: Texas we do tacos tremendously well. Um, and what I find is typically the sketchier the taco venue, the better the tacos. Ooh, so,
2: oh, I agree with right. that. I agree with so that. So there might be a startup market for sketchy tacos. Go get that name. Oh, tacos.com. <laughs> Texas Sketchy Tacos. We might be at your next accelerator program, Brian, with some sketchy
1: tacos. And then the last one in our knockout round, two iconic movies. We had a hard time deciding this one. I hope uh, you've got something here. But uh, Sharknado
0: versus Jaws respect how ridiculous sharknado is but i, <laughs> I respect even more the, the the history and 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 how iconic jaws was to the industry so jaws
2: jaws sorry. there we go sorry sharknado. goes to jaws there all it right. is
1: Good all cool. right
2: and that was our knockout round thanks so much for playing brian i appreciate it right. we, we promised we'd get you out of here so we're one minute over thanks so much for being on our show appreciate it thanks everyone who's listening and where can
1: uh where can everybody stay in touch with you brian
2: um, you know, I'm always responsive on my
0: LinkedIn uh, I read every single message don't always reply to every single one of them but people can stay in touch with me uh, on LinkedIn Awesome, there you go it's gonna be in the show notes, so hit Brian up All
1: right.
2: Cool, thanks hey. Brian Thanks Brian